Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today, okay? And we're going to read the whole chapter. So it's a lot, but it's not a lot, okay? Well, at this point, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinth. And he's talking to them about an offering that they get ready to, to give to a group of believers. And see, when it comes to money, when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, offering, when it comes to money in church, a lot of people don't feel some type of way, right? Not everybody's always comfortable. For one, a lot of people don't like to talk about it. A lot of times people feel like it's talked about too much. And so we all have these experiences with it that kind of makes us feel some type of way. Usually we fall into one of two categories. The first category, we've seen churches that are greedy, right? We've seen pastors that have been eating off of this and getting fat. They've been buying things with the money that was supposed to go to the Lord. So it makes you not trust the church. It makes you say, you know what? I don't know if I should give them my finances because oh, look, look what they're doing. They're eating steak and shrimp. I'm over here struggling. Like, I don't know if I should give them this. If we don't fall into that category, we fall in the other one usually. is when God is pressing us to give an offering, to give a tithe. And we're like, I don't know, Lord. You know my finances. You know I need every cent and every dollar. But we usually fall into one of those two categories. And, and I get it. But I want to break down what is giving, what is an offering, and make it real simple for all of us. You see, everything that we have, it comes from God. Everything, Okay. In the Old Testament, there was the Mosaic Law, the law that God had gave to Moses. And one of the things that he instructed in the Torah, these instructions, he said, hey, man, so I want you to understand where you get what you got, okay, where you get these resources, and I'm going to ask and require a portion of it back. And you might be saying, well, God, what do you need this for, right? God wasn't looking to get power and wealth from you, okay? He already has those things. He don't need you for that. But what he wants is an alignment with us. You see, returning something back to this owner, what is that? That's an act of surrender. That's an act of obedience. That's an act of gratitude. That's an act of trust, of recognition. That's where offering an entire is. It's us doing this with intent. I'm saying, you know what, God, I'm trusting you in all areas of my life. I'm not just trusting you with some areas. A lot of times we trust them with just some areas where you say, no, man, I ask for all of you. I'm giving you all my all, and I expect the same from you. And so that's what tithing is. Its intent is not to gain power and wealth. It's to help us always stay surrendered, aligned, and committed to God. To make sure we're on the same page, we're always connected. So you might be like, okay, I don't ever see y'all pass an offering plate. I don't ever see y'all talk about tithing. Okay, I want to address this in the room right now. It's an important thing, okay? It's not something that we overlook or we want to avoid or we don't bring about. 
We understand for one, many people have bad experiences. For two, many people don't trust people with, with their money, right? You ain't gonna just let anybody borrow your money. You're like, hold up, I don't know you like that. <laughs> so we wanna make sure that you establish trust, not with us, but with God. Because it's about Him, it ain't about us. It's about your relationship with Jesus. You know, I could care less what you give to this church, but I care is what you give to the Lord. That's what I care about, the relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. And that's what God wants you to see in tithing and offering. As part of a spiritual discipline to help grow your faith, to grow you spiritually. There's many things in our life that God aligns to help us grow in that relationship. And sometimes we like to be, have picky faith. We just pick and choose. That's the thing, church. We can't just pick and choose our faith with the Lord. He says, I'm going to lay it all out. And once you understand it, I'm going to expect it from you. And that's not to be a bad guy. That's, that's not to make you feel some type of way. It's because he wants to grow in intimacy with you. And the only way that you're going to grow in intimacy with the Lord is when you give him more of yourself. And this is part of it. So I want us to read now, pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 1. And we're going to pick up what Paul is telling the church and believers in Corinth. And we're going to learn a whole lot today, okay? So let's start at verse 1. He says, I really don't need to write to you about the ministry of giving for believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonians believers to begin giving. But I'm sending these brothers to make sure you're really ready. As I've been telling them that your money is all collected. And I don't want to be wrong in boasting about you. We would be embarrassed not to mention your own embarrassment. If some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all, after I told them. So Paul says, look, man, I'm letting some people know, hey, we coming, okay? Remember that offering, that money you said you were going to give to us? Okay, I'm going to send some brothers to make sure that everything is good because I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want me to be embarrassed. But I want you to understand the impact your generosity is doing to other people. And that's where I want us to start today. I want you to take this away today. <laughs> Your generosity creates generous people. You hear me, church? Your generosity creates generous people. Paul told them, man, because of what you've chosen to do, did you see what you're stirring up? You see what's being produced? You see what's spreading? You never know the impact your generosity has in somebody else's life. It's crazy how you could impact somebody without even knowing them. Without ever meeting them. You see church. God calls us to be the hands and feet of him. That means we're part of our purpose on this planet. Right. Is for people to experience God. Experience Jesus. Experience the Holy Spirit. Through you. Through me. Have you ever seen those videos. Where somebody goes to the store. Or they go to. Uh, say a coffee shop. Or they go to Chick-fil-A. And they buy somebody else's meal. And it sets off this chain reaction of one person after another, after another, after another, keeps doing the same. You never know the impact that your generosity is going to have to somebody else. You ever notice that you hold the door open for somebody else, then somebody else does it? And before you know it, that door just stays open. There's always somebody letting somebody in. But what happens if you don't? You closed it. 
there's a good chance that the person behind you is going to do the same. You never know how your generosity is impacting other people around you. What's your generosity doing? It's hard for our brains to understand that giving away something of ourselves is going to benefit us. It's going to benefit somebody else. But that's exactly what happens. But there's also the flip side to it, right? When we're not generous, we're withholding a blessing for somebody else. We're studying our own growth in the Lord. We're not really helping our situations or our life. Paul warned them. He said, hey, man, I'm going to send some people to go check out some things. As I was reading and I was processing that, it made me think about it. You know, it's like, God, what are you really saying to us? And he said, look, man, it's one thing to offer yourself to me, but I need you to do something else in the process of this. I need you to learn the aspect of being proactive in your life. Because there is too many unnecessary things that keep experiencing because you're not being proactive in this. Paul said, man, I'm sending some brothers because I don't want to have no trouble when we show up. I know y'all good for it, but don't take this the wrong way. Many of us keep finding ourselves in bad situations because we're not being proactive. And then we pull up to the situation, thought it was one way, assuming some things, and it'd be completely different. You ever had that happen to yourself? You say, you know what, I don't even need to check on it. I trust him, it's going to be good. And you showed up and it was nothing like you expected. And then you feel foolish. You're like, dang, because I invited this person. I asked these people to come and join us. Now, they're not even living up to the thing I just said was going to happen. We got to learn to be proactive, church. Even when it comes to our generosity. You ever drive around the loop and realize there's rails all on the side? Rails around the freeway, around the loop. It's not there for show. It's because the state knew, hey, we got to be proactive to keep people from flying off of this thing. Because we know if we don't put no guardrails up, if we don't do some preventative things left on our own, man, we're dangerous. Church, we're all dangerous left on our own. God wants us to be proactive so we could avoid the avoidable. Let's continue to read. Let's read verse 5 through 7. He says, So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of you to make sure the gift that you promised is ready. But check this out. He said, But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. God bless you, brother. Thank you. I had to. He said, Remember this a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You each must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Amen. A lot of times we get caught up in, in that other part about the farming, right? We're like, oh, okay, Lord. So you say I do a lot. You're going to give me a lot. Like, I'm trying to come up. Like, yes, Lord. Increase. Bless me, Lord. He's like, no, right? You're missing the point, okay? It's about what's in your heart. Paul's telling him, look, man, I know it seems like I'm doing a lot. I know you're good for it. I know you're like, man, why is he sending these people? We good. You know I'm good for it. But his tent isn't to question their heart. His tent isn't to question the reasoning. 
He loved them enough and cared for them enough to have a difficult conversation because he would rather address what could happen right then than allow something to be difficult later on. Church, I don't know about you, but I think we need some pause in our life. Some people that are willing to be truthful even when it's hard. Some people that are going to speak into your life and tell you some things that maybe you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. We need some pause. Are there any pause in the house? Are you those people? Because people, look, what do we want in a relationship with somebody? We want honesty. We want to be able to trust them. We want great communication. You know what type of friendships we don't want? People that lie. People who can't be honest. People who would rather avoid a hard conversation than save a friend that's headed for destruction. I pray that we have some pause in here, that we get some pause in our life. Instead of letting things go sideways or make things harder, that they help us being proactive and saving us from what can hurt us. Be some pause. Paul was trying to tell him, man, I'm doing this because I love you. I'm not doing this because I don't believe you or I don't have faith in you. I want to make sure that you're in a good standing with this. There's also another lesson that we learned from this, and I want you to take this away this morning. Your intention and delivery is more important than your gift. Okay? Your intention, what's your motive behind what you're doing? Your delivery. How you were handling out, how you were giving this away is more important than your gift. Paul told the man, he said, man, I'm not trying to apply pressure to the situation. I don't want to make you do something that you don't want to do. My heart isn't to put you in a position that you don't want to be in. I want to make sure that what you're choosing is your choice. And I want you to know that I'm serious in helping you walk that out. Has somebody ever given you something, but despite how good of a gift it was, you're like, all right, I appreciate it, but you really didn't feel the love from them. You were like, I mean, I appreciate that they thought about me, that they gave me something, but I could tell they really didn't put much thought behind it. Have you ever had somebody do that? Give you a gift, something like that? You can kind of tell of how they feel about you sometimes that way, or it make you feel some type of way. You know, the other day I was reminded about this. I was trying to do something for somebody else, and I thought I was doing a good job, okay? And then they told me something that it, it struck me right in the heart. And I want to share with you. It's not easy to share. Because <laughs> then I was like, hey, that's cold, but it's, it's truth, and I need to be here, okay? They said, They told me, man, it's better to give nothing at all than a gift that comes attached with attitude, with bitterness, with resentment, with an alternative motive. Say, man, I'd rather you not do anything for me than to do something and you'd be upset about why you did it. And it made me feel some type of way. I was like, what, what you talking about? I did this because I loved you. Like, you missing the message here. But I didn't realize how I was delivering the message. I didn't realize how my intent got mistaken. You see, sometimes you forget that you don't have to use your words to communicate a message. Our attitude, our tone, our body language, our motive 
It can make the most perfect gift just another exchange without meaning. God wants us to give from a place of our own choosing, but he wants us to do it with the right heart. And it made me think of the story. I don't know if you've heard it, you might have heard it, of the Pharisees, and they were giving their offering, right? They gave a huge amount, and then they saw this widow come, and she dropped two coins in the offering. And they was like, you see what she gave? She gave two coins. You see this? Jesus, you see what she gave? You need to talk to her about it. And Jesus was looking at them like, these fools don't ever understand nothing. He said, man, I'm, all right, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it then. He said, you gave a small amount out of the abundance that you had. But this woman, she gave everything that you had. He said, you're missing everything on the point. You're trying to compare yourself to somebody else, not realizing their situation. You'll know their finances. You'll know that. But what the Lord sees isn't what's being done on the outside. He sees what's going on inside. And he's trying to tell us that same thing. He said, look, man, when I'm asking for this, it's not because I'm looking for the gift that you can give me. I want to see where your heart is. I want you to give me your heart. I desire a relationship with you where your heart is aligned with mine. Church, we've got to be mindful of the things that we're delivering to others, no matter how good of a gift it is. You can give it to them and they'd be like, all right, thanks, I don't even want this. God wants us to be generous, but do it in a way that honors him. I want to read what it says in the next couple of verses, verse 8 through 11. Then it continues. And he said, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. For their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. Check this out. He said, in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. I like that first line. He said, man, he's going to take care of all your needs. Sometimes we just think financially, right? Lord, I need you. It's like, yo, I'm, that's just a drop in the bucket. I'm trying to do more than that. Remember that depression you're dealing with? I want to help you with that. Remember that relationship that all jacked up? Man, I want you to heal from that. Remember them people that were acting crazy towards you? I want you to go and bless them, man. He said, I want to take care of all your needs. Not just some, not just on occasion. Not just every once in a while. He said, all. crazy thing is he's always been providing for our needs before we even realize it. That's one of the things we struggle with when we're in between jobs, right? You ever got let go? You start stressing out like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. God's like, I gave you a job before, right? I'll get you another job. It's not that hard. Lord, I just, I don't know. What do we read though, church? 
He said, not only am I going to be the one that provides, that I'm helping you plant this, I'm also the harvester. Meaning everything that he is providing for us is meant to produce a harvest for his glory. So he's way bigger than we ever think it is. And I want you to take this away this morning. God's generosity to you, it should overflow to others. His generosity to us isn't just about us. Sometimes we just want to fill up the bucket and keep it. Say, so I'm going to go ahead and load this up. God's like, nah, man, I'm filling up your cup so you can pour it out to somebody else. He says, word says, you will always have what you need, but check that out. There should always be some left over. Now, I don't know where you come from, but in my household, when I was young, there wasn't no leftovers, right? I grew up on, hey, you better not waste nothing. You better eat all on your plate, okay? I remember being little, right? I remember, I remember one time my uncle, he made some, uh, some spinach, right, out of a can. And I was like, I don't understand why we got this can. It doesn't make no sense. But I knew the principle that we are not going to waste a thing, right? I ate that spinach. I did not like it. I said, there ain't no way we bought this at the store. But as I've gotten older, I've realized how much of a wasteful person I've become. How many times I go out to eat and I'm like, no, I don't need to go buy some good. I'm like, man, that could have fed somebody, man. I'm over here just wasting things. That's what happens when we just keep things to ourselves. We become wasteful. God said, man, I'm trying to bless you with more than just for you, more than just your spouse or your children. It's supposed to overflow way beyond that. Nowadays, you get our clothes, right? We get rid of clothes, we buy clothes all the time. They don't just go in the trash, they get donated. Nowadays, man, if I know somebody needs groceries and I got some food stamps, I'm going to make sure they got groceries too. Nowadays, I'm like, you know what? It's okay to skip a lunch. I can buy a lunch for somebody else. See, if I'm in a position to help somebody and I have the resources to help them, there's a good chance that I'm this person that's supposed to be helping them. Too many times we're asking God to pray over a situation. We're asking God to come and intervene and help this person. But God's like, you're that person. You're the one I sent. But we're looking around. God, we know you can do it, Lord. Come and do something. God's like, I sent you. <laughs> he blesses us to pay it for, to pass it on. In church, I experienced this first day, firsthand every day of my life, to be honest with you. Because I do get paid from the church. That means my lights are on because of the generosity of others. That means there's food on my table for my family because of the generosity of others. It means I have a place to stay and I have things for the generosity of others. That's huge, church. I don't think y'all realize, like, this is really a small church, okay? All right. And in my mind, I've come to churches, I've seen thousands of people, I've seen hundreds of people filling up. And the church that this, the, the impact that this church has had in our city and across the country is a lot larger than I've seen other large churches do. And it doesn't make sense because for one, we ain't got no full-time staff. We ain't got no million dollar budget. But one of the things I keep finding that other churches are just floored by, that people are floored by, is the generosity.
They said, I don't understand how y'all could do these things. How are y'all part of all this stuff? I said, I don't know either. It's God. It's generosity. Well, I wish we could do something like this. And I'm like, y'all way better financially than we are. Y'all got a whole staff. Y'all got this. Y'all got that. Y'all got all these things. But that's the difference, church. We're blessed to be an overflow to other people. We're made for other people to be able to fill up too. It's not just about us. And I love that passage. I want to read the remainder, the remainder of what it says. Verse 13 through 15. He says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you're obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for the gifts too wonderful for words. He said, man, there is double portion blessings every time you are generous. Not only is it going to the one that is receiving, but it's also to the giver. And through it all, it's going to give glory to God. That means we're both going to get impacted in a profound way that's going to bring forth praise, that's going to make you feel appreciative, that's going to bring gratitude into your life. I want you to take this away today. We might get the blessing, but God is always going to get the glory. The glory is for him. Many people say, man, I don't believe there is a God. I haven't seen him. I haven't witnessed him. I, I see what you're talking about. I don't even know. Maybe the problem isn't their sight, church. Maybe it's because the children of God are being selfish with them. Maybe we're keeping them to ourselves. We're keeping the things that he's given us to ourselves. Instead of going out and being the church. Instead of being his hands and feet. I've heard many people say, man, well, look. Part of the reason I don't do this is I just don't want the credit for it. I'm like, man, you sound really humble, right? <laughs> you don't want the credit for it. Man, that's cool. Because that means you're not going to take credit for it. Well, I just, I'm, I'm not comfortable with going in these situations. Nobody is. A lot of times we're like, I don't want to draw attention to myself. Good. Point it to God. That's part of the reason that we do testimonies this morning. Because there's too many times that we're robbing God of the glory that he deserves. Because we're not willing to share. We're not willing to talk. We're not willing to be his hands and feet. And there's a lot of people like, man, praying, asking God for a sign. And a lot of times we are that sign that's supposed to step up. So they don't see it. What they do see is a church that don't get along with other churches. What they do see is people that say they're Christians, but act like, uh, I'm trying to think of a word. That's not a cuss word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up cussing, so I'm going to say it. Church, it's up to us. We need more Christians to be generous in this world because we have a world that is fading. They're wanting God. They want to experience God. And we have. And the world and God is saying, hey, man, I'm trying to use you to light up this world. I'm trying to use you to make an impression. But will you be willing to allow me to? Church, we've got to put missing out on this gift. 
quit missing out on this good life that he has for us. I tell you, man, the key to having a good life is to have a generous life. Because having a generous life is going to lead to having a godly life. And there's nothing better in this life that you can have. So that's what my challenge is for us today. Is I want us to be generous. Be generous. I want you to really spend some time thinking, man, what is something God has given you? And now he's asking you to give it away. He's asking you to honor him with that. Is it your finances? I don't know. Is it time? Is it? Man, there's, there's a million different things that you could do to impact somebody else's day. And God is asking us to be generous. He's asking us to step up to the plate and do it. I want you to think about the time that somebody did that for you. Where you found yourself in a situation, you were praying to God, and then God used somebody else to answer that prayer. And maybe they were Calvin said, right? He said, man, when you opened the church and let us get married, I said, no, I didn't do none of that. No, hold up now. That was God that did that for you. Amen. He said, it restored a relationship that's over 20 years in the making. He said, I ain't seen my son in over that long. Can you imagine what God will do through you? If we can be generous, we can be good stewards with all the resources and things that he keeps giving us. I pray that for all of us, including myself, that we would quit withholding things so close to our chest, that we would quit being greedy and stuff in our pockets. Man, that we say, you know what, I ain't got much, but this is what I got. Let me help this person, because God is calling me to it. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the resources and the things that you bless us with, Lord. Sometimes we feel like we don't have much and we don't realize how much we have. So, Lord, I just pray you would shift our perspective. Would you help us realize that the thing that we have is the thing somebody else has been praying for? That the place that we're at is a place that somebody has been asking breakthrough for. Father, think about your word. It says people come to know you not just by the blood of the lamb, but by our testimony. And too many times we're quiet when you're asking us to be bold. Too many times we cower when you're telling us to be courageous. Too many times we're fearful when you say, don't be afraid. Father, may your word be true of us, that we be filled with power, that we be filled ready to share your goodness, that other people would experience you because we're stepping out and being generous like you. Father, we want more of you. We know that in order to receive more from you, we're going to have to give you more of ourselves. And so whatever area of that looks like in our life, Father, we declare right now in the name of Jesus that we would step up to it. That we wouldn't grieve over the things that we were letting go, but we would be excited for the return that we receive in our relationship with you. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness in our life and all that you're doing, Lord. And I just pray as we spend some time worshiping, Lord, that we worship you with a heart of gratitude. Father, that this is a, a, a pleasing aroma in heaven, Lord. As you look down on this church, you look down on your people and you say, that's my daughter. That's my son.
Help us for your love, Lord. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.